0: Have you ever thought how to speed up your IT career? Have you ever thought why some engineers, architects, leaders and scientists are more successful than others? My name is Łukasz Karwatski, and I love asking questions. I invited here many industrial experts with different backgrounds and point of views. This is Engineering Growth Trap Podcast. Welcome on board. Hi, and very warm welcome to our co host today, Stephanie Johnson, experienced former Big Four consultant. Hi, Stephanie. How are you today?
1: Hi, Lukash. I'm fine, thank you. It's been an eventful day for me. And how has it been for you?
0: I'm good, thanks. I'm very excited to have a conversation with you.
1: Great. I'm looking forward to this podcast discussion where we will learn something on the engineering growth trap. Without further ado, let's get started. So, Wukash, I'd like to start by asking you, is it safe to say that engineers can be seen as self-limiting within the boundaries set by their working environments? What does it actually mean?
0: It's a very good question. Thank you very much. Let me give you my curious example. I started my engineering career almost 20 years ago in Oracle Technologies. So after a couple of years of practice, I reached expert knowledge in Oracle databases. And I was an expert. I was able to resolve very, very complicated, complex problems. But I didn't really have a chance to do so. So I decided to move another technology, which was Microsoft my MSSQ server. To be fair, as an engineer, it's always good to have a couple of different technologies in your CV because you are an expert, of course. So I was practicing for a couple of years and I hit the glass ceiling. I couldn't go forward. Uh, I still was an expert, but I didn't know what to do. So my best idea was try another technology as an engineer. And I started working for Informatica Part Center. It was a good time to be honest. But I again became an expert after a few years and and I couldn't exceed certain level of my career. I feel something was holding me back but I wasn't aware what was that. So I tried another technology which was SAB business object. It was great. After a couple of years, I became an expert. But it happened again. I was in a loop. I didn't know why I couldn't go beyond a certain point in my career. As an engineer, you might achieve very, very high potential, mainly in technical areas.
1: And is it only focused in the tech areas?
0: I've seen a couple of similar careers. To be honest, of course, changing the technology stack was always exciting. But after reaching certain level of potential, my excitement was dropping down. There was no fun. So after this kind of experience, I felt disconnected from the business from my team, from other colleagues, from the projects. It seems some invisible power was holding me back and I couldn't exceed a certain point in my career. Albert Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results.
1: Seems like an emerging pattern. It must have been tough hitting that glass ceiling over and over again. I'm curious to know, at what point in your career did you work that out?
0: It's a very good question. So my observation was that I think I was focusing too much on technical skills and completely ignoring business culture skills. I believe today it would be very beneficial for myself if I put more attention to social skills.
1: Why do you think it's necessary to have social skills?
0: Look, as an engineer, you should know how to build trust with your team and your business users. But if you don't know how to do it, how to communicate properly, you might have not been seen as a trustworthy person. And how would you like to deliver if they don't trust you? If you are a best technician, without trust from your business users, you will never be engaged in very interesting and the most important for the business projects. So we can see here two factors, technical skills and business culture skills. And this is how we limit our own engineering growth.
1: Thank you, Lukasz. That was really helpful.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Further to this discussion... You provided us with insight into self-limitation, but I don't believe it stops there. What additional factors should we take into consideration? Please, can you expand on that?
0: Uh, okay, so I see something else here. It's We can call it limitation of the work environment. So as an engineer, you're hired to bring a solution or a group of solutions to resolve a problem or a group of problems. Imagine that, that you are a bus driver, so you bring one solution. You help people to get from point A to B or C to D and so on. So how much you can improve your driving skills? By 10, 20, maybe 30%. So this working environment, does have lots of constraints which you don't have really impact on. So look at the, the analogy that as an engineer you bring a particular solutions on board and you resolve them and you are absolutely fine. When you deliver on time and you deliver what you're supposed to deliver and the solution works properly, you're absolutely okay. And this is the point that it's very hard to recognize a good engineer from a great engineer. There is a very small difference between good and great. And the difference is that the great engineer is also very skilled in business culture skills. And here it is what we have. We've got two factors technical skills and business culture skills which build a great engineer so many many engineers from the observation they reach the moment when they are good but they stuck in the engineering growth trap because they are skilled enough in technology but they are not skilled enough in business culture skills and this is what i would like to discuss how to avoid the engineering growth trap or escape from the engineering growth trap.
1: Hmm, very interesting. Do you have an example based on what you've just shared with us?
0: Have you ever thought, okay, how often do you complain for a service or how often do you recognise a service or someone who served you properly? Just... Try this exercise, if you're going tomorrow for a coffee, think if you did like the service or you didn't like the service and think the next day, do you still remember the proper service which was right or you still remember the service you didn't like? What's stronger and how long you remember proper service, how long you remember the service you were not happy with? And think how many people you told that you are not happy with the service or how many people you told that you were happy with the service. And now think about your daily job. If you deliver on time, you're fine, everything is correct. But if something happened, it's not delivered or doesn't work like it's supposed to work, how many people would know that something went wrong? It doesn't mean that it was your fault or anyone's other fault. but just how quick the information is spread around the business you're working for. It might show you that we treat things as granted because we don't really see the proper quality service, but we are more likely to see something what's going wrong. This reminds me of a very quick story when I 15 years ago was contracting in Zurich was flying to Switzerland every single Monday early morning. And I, till today, remember one of the flights when a passenger who was sitting two, ro- two rows in front of me on the left ordered a cup of coffee and, by accident, the flight attendant spit the coffee on his shirt. And I still remember how he was complaining what happened to his shirt. Of course, this kind of things can happen on the plane, right? But And I don't really remember flights when the service was very good quality and nothing special happened. This is how the brain works. They're more likely to memorize negative experiences than positive experiences. And of course, we are more likely to talk about negative experiences. Let me give you another example. For example, server administrators or cloud administrators. Do you really, really know their names? Do we really know who they are? Probably not because the everything is working smoothly. We only learn that they exist if something goes wrong. So this is how it works that we treat everything as granted.
1: Thank you, Lukash for that insightful information. So we are not always aware of our subconscious behavior and because of this mindset, we might not realize the effect it could have on relationships. What does that mean in terms of what you do and in your life?
0: Be aware of your subconscious mind, which judges others' work and which judges your own work. And this is the something you can use to learn better your first reaction And think about this, that some people might react in the same way seeing your work. And this might be self-limiting environment and self-limiting yourself. It works both ways, but it's hidden. And this is how you hit again the glass ceiling because your behavior is completely invisible for you and you don't really know if your behavior, how you work, is acceptable for people who are working with you,
1: okay. But um, how does one become aware of their subconscious behavior?
0: Every single thing we do in our life, it's steered by subconscious mind. So look at this: we walk in a certain way, we use certain language and of course we work in a certain way and we behave in a certain way and we respond in a certain way and this is what can help us or sabotage us in private and in career of course so some certain behaviors which we are not aware of can ruin our reputation in our team or our our business we are working for, even if we bring extremely high value from the technical perspective. Let me give you one example. A friend of mine, his name is Grant. I met him a couple of years ago. He was the best solution architect I ever met. And actually he was the best solution architect he was working for that business in that time. He was bringing extremely high technical value to the team, but his cooperation with the team didn't work well. There was something in his ways of working that didn't work with other colleagues. And after a few months, he was finally released from his role. So look, being the best in technical area doesn't keep you hired or doesn't help you to go forward. There is something hidden behind the scenes, which might be your subconscious mind, which influences your daily habits. And you might consider the following exercise how to catch and be aware of your subconscious habits. You might want to try this exercise. Just watch your thoughts and watch your behavior Every time you got a new task, grab the first thought and watch what was that. And watch your behavior. Question your behavior. Think about this. Try to figure out what does it really mean for you. So you will become aware of your subconscious habits, which might be for you supportive. It's never 100% negative, it's never 100% positive. You might be able to pick the positive ones and build stronger positive habits on daily basis.
1: Thank you very much for that explanation, Lukasz. So, finally, to finish off, you mentioned your friend who lost his position because of a lack of business cultural skills. You said to be watchful when you do something new. What other things should we consider apart from self-awareness? What's your thoughts?
0: Okay, let's assume that you know your subconscious reactions and your working path, your invisible working path, and what else you can do to make a change for yourself and for your team. And you might consider here studying business culture skills which they we can split into four different groups first communication second listening and understanding third mentoring and fourth influence and impact going back to communication you need to know how to translate technical solutions into business language or how to inform your business users what has just been done. This is another thing which is very dangerous. Business language and the technical language, they do have the same naming conventions sometimes, but they might mean something different. So it's worth to make sure that they're talking about the same thing, because it's very easy to be misunderstood. Next is listening and understanding. As an engineer, you're supposed to be a very good listener because you need to understand what the problem is and then bring a solution to resolve the problem. And the next one is mentoring juniors. It's very important to teach others how to use technology but also it's worth to pay their attention to business culture skills. And last but not least, it's impact and influence. It's, again, communication skills you need to know how to influence other engineers and leaders to deliver proper projects or to choose proper technical solution or to convince them to choose different one.
1: So, well, that's been great, Lukash, And... I think you outlined some fantastic practical steps there. I was particularly blown away by the understanding on invisible, or should I say, subconscious behavior mindset and how it potentially could change our direction in life. So that brings us to the end of our discussion. I'd like to thank you for your time and the fascinating insights you provided on the engineering
0: growth trap—it's
1: been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, Lukasz
0: Thank you very much, and it was also a pleasure for me. And I would like to invite you for the next episode with Gosha Sita, personal impact expert. And there is something else: remember to follow the podcast so you won't miss next episode. Cheers.